So I, I feel like this um, good evening, my friend, is kind of staged because we, we actually started talking before we started recording today. I'm okay with a bit of staging every now and then. <laughs> but when we talked, it was for like 20 seconds. And this was just me telling you about how I'm, I'm trying to figure out my morning routine because um, we've mentioned we're on opposite sides of the world and we record at 5.15 in the morning and, and uh, where I'm at. And I, I get up at five and I almost have the routine down um, to where I can make my coffee and be ready to record at 5.15, but I'm not quite there yet. So, <laughs> Well, if it makes you feel better, we went for an early bird uh, date because I desperately wanted date night and mm -hmm. requested date night. night and went, oh, crap, I have to record at 9.15. So <laughs> we, we went for dinner at 5.30 and we went to, uh, we went to a movie and then... I have been home for a total of 13 minutes. Yeah, I understand. We're getting back into the, <laughs> the rhythm and routine, and we're fitting this into uh, into to our schedules, which are completely different than what they used to be. Yeah, yeah. Life is, life is very different to what it used to be. It's all in a good way, though. And it was, um, was actually still a really great day. It was... Uh, because we're new to this area, I haven't really tried any of the restaurants or anything. I really love French food. I love everything French, really. And um, so there is a French restaurant attached to the cinema. We went there. It was amazing. Like, you know one of those meals where every mouthful just is like, oh, my God. Like, I got a side order of carrots. I got a side order of carrots because it said in the menu that they were blistered carrots. I was like, oh, my God, that mm -hmm. just sounds incredible. Yeah. I need to get the side order of carrots. Um, for, an, uh, uh, for a starter, I got leeks because they also sounded amazing. Yeah. It's that moment you go, who am I? Who am I as a grown-up? Because at what point did I stop picking mashed potatoes? I prefer <laughs> Your, your palate has, has refined over the years. Very much so. Oh, yeah. Me, I am still I'll a child because... Right. What's that? Something has to right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I I apparently am still a child because I was uh, eating a couple chocolate squares, which you guys might have heard at the very beginning before I figured out I was going to mute while I was eating them. And then I noticed that I had chocolate on my fingers. And I'm like, what do you do with melted chocolate? You sit there and you just like eat it off of your, your fingers or hand or whatever. So it's all good. I'm five yeah, years old. I fell in my cleavage earlier, so you're fine. <laughs> There's no judge. I, I, I feel like I feel like that's something Michael should have done, frankly. I, that's that's what I think. <laughs> he was on um, the other side of the table. I was trying to be discreet. It was just like I don't know, it was, trying it was to, just trying like to saffron in take care of that. Risotto. Yeah. That's funny. Well, and, and the thing is, well, and the thing is, is when you go to um, when you go to a restaurant like that, like I don't, I, I don't. Would the five second rule apply? I mean, if something hits the ground, are you are you like diving to 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 get it so you can eat it, or what? What do you like? There, I, I do actually have questions. 
I think if you had tasted this risotto, yeah, there is no limit. If it had okay. fallen on the ground, I would have gotten down there and licked it up. Fairly certain. There, yeah. It was pretty yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, I get it. No, I, I totally get it. And, you know, um, I, I think that, again, one, you, you, you order things that you're like, what would, what would the 15-year-old version of myself think of this? And two, I'm not wasting this. This is phenomenal. If it hits the ground, I'm still going to eat it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have a new Been There series mug from Indiana. Oh, nice. I was yes. Indiana. Yeah. I have been to yeah. Indiana. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Midwest. <laughs> and by, by, been, by been to Indiana, I would say that I've been to a uh, highway side uh, restaurant and I've driven through Indiana. I, I think In, that's... Bumping the bumper traffic. Yeah. Yeah. So... We, um, it's, it's one of these, these, so, and, and, you know, the, the part of the country I live in, we have, uh, Ohio, we have a tri-state area of Ohio, we have Indiana, we have Kentucky. I'm in Indiana rarely of, of any of the places. And we actually went a little bit further South because this was, um, you know, we went and saw pink last weekend, took my mom for her birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, other like. Heather knew every word to every song. I um, I I knew there were going to be her her older songs. I knew I would know a lot of them. I was surprised how many Pink songs I knew the words to, and I and I did. Do you know that so. the the country and world that she is the most popular is Australia? Did you know that? She should be really popular. I, I I didn't I didn't know that about her. What I what I really enjoyed. Was because she's always had like there's always been an edge to Pink, so she so mm. like the edge is there, but she was so personal like in 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 her persona in the public it's like this edge and the snarkiness, but as a performer she is delightful. I mean the way she talks to the audience, the way she gets any everybody involved. I mean it was it was yeah. a blast. Yeah. I the, the first time I went to see her, I went to see her because a friend was desperate to go and see her. And mm-hmm. I was that person. I, mean, I don't think I really know any Pink songs. And um, we went and she was so good that she was playing again the next night. And I was like, let's see if we can get tickets and go again. There you go. And it was like I saw her two nights in a row. She was brilliant. Yeah, no, she's a, a, her and Abba. <laughs> Like in mm. Australia, it's next level, and it wasn't until like I somehow ended up in TikTok. And there's yeah. a guy who lives in Australia who is an American, and mm. he said that, um, you know, one of those things for Americans to be prepared for. And, and he said, like, any Uber or taxi you get into, you're gonna hear pink on the radio, it's next level down here. He's like, I thought we liked her in America, but we're nothing compared to Australia, so yeah. Yeah, it works out well. She gets a she gets a bit of a warm holiday every couple of years. It's good. I was I was gonna say, I how mean, often does she tour down there? Um, she used to do it a lot more before her kids were sort of like when her kids were really little. She she would come out here and, and you know how like so say say Taylor Swift's doing this air tour and she's doing maybe three shows in every big city. Yeah. Pink, the first time she came out, booked for like three three shows in every big city. And three shows became whatever. The last time she came out, she did 20 shows in Sydney alone. 
Like she's massive here. And she sells yeah. out. Like she sells out oh, every yeah. night. Um yeah. And it's like it's yeah. She's she's got I think we we're very appreciative of people who are just a little bit no BS. I think, and she doesn't filter it. She's polite and she's personable, but she also she doesn't take crap from anybody and I kinda really like that. So How, on on a scale of one to a hundred, how much of not taking crap from anyone do you live your life? Do you think? Like, are you oh. living your exact life? And to what level would you say? Oh, I see. I think it depends on your version of not taking crap because I am not somebody that is, for the most part, I am not openly confrontational. Well, let me let me quiet. Re- let me rephrase that because I started that. You're absolutely right with, do you take crap from anyone? But the actual thing is, is when you look at your life right now, and we talked about how our lives are completely different and in the best ways possible. Um, what percentage of the of your life would you say is is how you would like it to be, of your own accord? You're 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 living the way you want. You're doing the things that you want to do. Work personal. I, I think my life is. Um, I think physically I'm recovering from an injury at the moment. That part of my life mm-hmm. is not what I would mm-hmm. want it to be. And, and work has been impacted by that. But I'm pretty much, I'm going to go a solid 95%. We give, we give it a 5%, five, five percent, 95% living my life exactly the way I want to. I, um, I've reached a point in my life where I... I'm incredibly happy. I, I I know that sounds so cliche, um, but I am. And and I think that it has to do with who I am and who I'm with and mm-hmm. where I stand and, and you know, and, and if we're looking at not taking crap, <laughs> um, I'm very quiet about the way that I deal with it. I'm, I'm quite, um, yeah. yeah, but I, but I also don't, you know, I don't give in. I uh, I very recently had somebody uh, try to hold something over my head, and mm-hmm. said, "Well, yeah, and and it was um, and it was the most ridiculous thing to hold over my head." And they were like, "Well, if you want this, then you need to come here and get it." And I just went, "You know what? Be that way. <laughs> not good. <laughs> good. I'm not. I'm not for the drama, and I'm not. You know, I." I'm not particularly good about talking about other people because I kind of just really love my life and I really enjoy my life and I enjoy my, my family and my friends. And, you know, I, I was never up there with the most gossipy people. Um, but now I'm just like, I, I, the reason I say 95% is because every now and then I'm a little bit, but for the most part, I'm I'm incredibly happy with who I am, where I am, and where I'm going. I, I don't think I ever had confidence that my life would go the way I wanted it to. And I think mm-hmm. what I've come to realize is that we all want very different things. I think that there are there are different things that we uh, that we view as success. Mm-hmm. And and when we were talking about like our 15 year old self, what my 15 year old self would think about the food that I ate tonight. I think my 15-year-old self would just have her mind totally blown because 
not only did I eat this amazing food at a French restaurant, but I've eaten amazing food at French restaurants in France. Yeah. That I've been to Paris more than once. If any year old Rachel would think that. I live on an island on the other side of the world. I didn't think I was going to get to go places. Neither of my parents left this country. You know, and and people always talk about how far away Australia is and that's why they don't travel here. Yeah, we get it. That's what the rest of the world is for us. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. um I I think I think fifteen year old me would just be like absolutely cheering at the adventures that I've had. And um I think seventeen year old me would probably be cheering at the sex that I've had and <laughs> that I thought I was going to die a virgin. And, um, and I think 20-year-old me would be really proud of the values that I have and the morals that I have and, and how I live my life ethically and how I find a balance between selfish and selfless. Because there is a balance needed there. My whole life I was taught not to be selfish. Sometimes you've got to be. There's got to be a balance there between selfless and selfish. Um, otherwise, it leads to spite and resentment. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, I think I'm sitting at about ninety five percent in terms of my life being how I want to be. What about you? I mean, I could do with a golden retriever. That that knocks you down to ninety two right now. Um, without the, <laughs> um, I would I would say I'm eighty five percent. And the reason I would say that is everything you said as far as what my what my actual life is and where I'm headed and the people that are in my life, um, I'm this is this is everything I've wanted and more. Um, there are, you know, there's 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 certain um, there's there's certain relationships I wish weren't what they were or weren't what they are. Um, really just one, <laughs> but, uh, then there's, um, you know, there, there's, there's some stuff that I, um, the, there's, there's some stuff that isn't necessarily how I would like it to be. However, it is driving me to work on this stuff to make that part of my life, what I want it to be. Um, and that's, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and those are, um, well, and I mean, that's, I'll be honest, like, and, and that's in work. So the, this job that I have now skills that I've had forever and what it's done is it's kind of, you, you, you knew me when I was doing everything, you, you know how yes. many things I had my, yeah. You smile when, when I say that, because like yeah. people would be like, it's only you doing this. Yeah. It's just me. I mean, I had my, I was everywhere. My name's Carol and I juggle 15 balls all at one time. Yeah. But, but, and I mean, the entry, the, the funny thing is, is like, and people would say to me, they're like, well, you, you can only start one thing. You can't be all over the place because you'll start and stop. And then I'm like, and I would think about that. I'm like, am I, you know, am I somebody that just is a big talker and starts things and stops them? And no, I'm not. I'm somebody that says what I'm going to do and I actually do it. And I'd gotten away from that for a while. And what this type of work has, has uh, gotten me back into is really 
getting back into my creative side, but also looking at the stuff that I did before and saying, okay, how can I do this differently and bigger and better? And I mean, I, I told you when we used to, I probably even when we were doing the podcast, when I, um, when I got burnt out of, of being in the health and fitness space, because I, yeah. they're just, my whole thing is I want people comfortable in their own skin. I don't care what you look like. I don't care. I, I, I just want you to enjoy who you are as a person. And I couldn't figure out a way to really do that at scale. So I had to take a step back. I mm. had to go work and for a worldwide company doing, which I, I now look at that job that I got laid off for from last year. Like I learned, <clears throat> I learned so much from the work I was doing from the team I was involved with, which was hilarious. But what was funny about that is these, these are children. These were all like 25 to 30 year olds. And I'm just like, <laughs> I may like, we should I, I would hear them say, I get what you mean. Well, I, I say it, I say it in, in the, in the most, in, in the most loving way possible because they're, they're amazing. Like the, yeah, in the, you're the qualified to do the job that you're doing. You just lack a few years of life experience that we've had. No, no. I, I mean, it's not. So, so here's the interesting thing. Okay. They, the offices were based in London. So a lot of our marketing team lived in and around uh, that area the, the, they, I mean, the, they were, they were legit in, in all areas. I was just out of like, I was the, I was the uh, American coming up on 40 years old. That's working with these uh, very creative, very skilled, very experienced um, uh, folks from the UK. And then we had um, the one that was heading up the, the lady that was heading up our entire team. And she was probably 32, 31, 32, something like that. Um, she was, an American that had moved to Spain. Um, it was a very, uh, the, the team that we worked with or the team that we, um, that we had was, was really, uh, it, it was, it was cool working with them. And we all got a lot of, of really interesting experience. Um, but I look back at that now because the, the interesting thing with the time that we live in now, if you know what you're doing, you can build something massive that's bigger than you, that you, remove like you can remove yourself from like i don't have to be the bottleneck in the stuff that i'm doing but i had to take a step back and say okay one-on-one -on -one coaching is something that i can always do it's it's a very like and 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 let's be honest whether you're a personal trainer whether you're a fitness coach a life coach whatever there's a lot of people that aspire to do these things say they're going to do it and then they never actually get clients over the course of uh, five or six years, I worked with a total of 80 clients at one, the, the, the largest amount of clients I had at one time was, um, I think 28 between 25 and 30. I think I was at 28 and like I did it, but what was, what was frustrating is I'm working with people to help them become comfortable in their own skin. And then after they work with me, they're subject to, you know, the traditional messages of the beauty and the fitness and the weight loss industry. And it's like, I need to figure out how to amplify this. So given the stuff I learned at the last job, getting back into client services, which has gotten me into this pace, which that's another thing. I'm more, I'm more focused on pacing myself and not burning myself out now. Whereas um, I feel like burnout is something that most of us 
we want to stay away from, but you don't necessarily know how to avoid burnout until you've done it a couple of times. I feel like, um, <laughs> so yeah, so I, so I burn out a few times. Um, but I mean, no, I, I look at my life and, you know, it, and, and I've had just with the way that, that life is and people come in and out, you know, the people that are, that are in my life now are supposed are, are perfect for my life right now. And the people that are no longer in my life were there for the, the time that they were there. And, and, you know, we, we were part of or each other's stories and whatnot. And then you just, you move forward, but people come in and out. And this is, this is something I think that's been really interesting with you and I, because as our lives were changing, um, we didn't, you and I never lost, I, I would never say that you and I lost touch, even though we would go no. months without talking, but we kind of yeah. always knew what was going on with each other, I would say. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not particularly good with clingy friendship. Right. right. I'm learning how to be better with it because yeah. when you are parenting uh, young children yeah, and you're friends with other mums, you become very, it's a much more hands-on friendship than I'm used to. Right. And, um, and, and the reason for that is because I, I'm, I'm somebody that quite likes my own space. Sure. <laughs> I'm not somebody that offers anything. And I think my, for me, when I look back, my long-standing friendships, uh, you know, uh, my best friends have been my best friends since I was 16. So what, 20, 25 years, we were best friends. Holy wow, we've been best friends for 25 years. Yeah. I have, she lives on the other side of the world. She's lived on the other side of the world since I was 16. We see each other in person, you know, roughly maybe once every five years usually. Um, yeah. We talk on what, like we, we do FaceTime probably twice a month. But, but it's it's minimal in between. I, I had a phone call with Sharon yesterday who has been my friend since 1995. Yeah. And um, I can't remember the last time she or I called each other. But it's one of those things. And, and I think my belief is that a, a true strong friendship, a friendship that is, um, I don't want to say a friendship that is free from judgment. Um, because I think sometimes you need your friends to offer you their opinions yes. and their judgment in the situation. Yes. Um, but mm -hmm. I think a, a friendship where you can be completely yourself, somebody might be judgmental of a situation, but you're able to get past it. It's not mm -hmm. It's not something that impacts on you. I, I think my idea of friendship like that isn't, isn't that you need to be in each other's back pockets all the time. And, um, and I think that that stands for you and I. I think that if at any point during, you know, the, the, that time of transition, if you had needed me, I would have been there. And if I needed you, yeah. you were there. And, yeah. and I think for me, that's what true friendship is. I, um, yeah. I, I, live, I live a very full life, um, mm -hmm. even, you know, regardless. I live a very full life. And... I've never been that person that said nobody was there for me in terms of friendship, never. Um, I think, yeah, I think I think our friendship is a good example of what friendship is to me. But you don't necessarily need to be there every day. Some people do, you know. It's like, it's like, it's like when people tell me that they call their mums like three or four times a day. And I just, 
I part of me used to think, geez, I wish I had that relationship with my mom. And, and then the other part of me realized as I got older that that much time with my mom would equal matricide. Like it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's what works. It's what works for the individual. And, and I think that goes, goes with everything. Like we're talking about our version of happiness and, and, you know, I, I have come to realize as an adult woman who always wanted children of my own, mm-hmm. Um, that at some point I, I, I realized, I mean, realistically, Gordon Ramsay's life just had a baby at 49. So I guess I still could. My mom was my age when she had me, but realistically speaking, I'm probably not going to have a child and what, I'm just going to hate my life because I didn't get to do that one thing. Mm-hmm. I look at all the other things I did get to do. I, I look at the fact that I get to help raise these two amazing bogus human beings that I get to love and that I have my special things with. You know what I mean? Like, you know, when you have, when you think of, of, you know, parenting and you think of, you know, that's something really special between me and them. I have those mm-hmm. moments with each of them and and that's something that adds to my life. But I, I think... When, when people look at who they are as a person and, and they judge whether or not they like who they are as a person, they tend to look at the things outside of them. <laughs> they look at their home, their job, their, their family, their friends. If you're not enough without all of those things, you'll never be enough with them. You know, it's, I know that there are women that look at my body and think, oh, I'm so glad that I don't look like that. I know realistically that they do. But what's funny is I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. I Do I love the way I look naked? Um, sometimes. <laughs> Did I, you know, have I had body issues and body dysmorphia at every size I've ever been? Yeah. Did I like the way I looked in clothes at every size I've ever been? Yeah. Did I, like the, did I hate the way I looked in clothes at every size I've ever been? Yeah. I think if you are not, if you always, if you feel like right now you're t- you're not thin enough, you're never going to be thin enough. You know, we, we look at things in terms of how things make us feel. Mm-hmm. We look at things in the fact that exercise isn't a chore that we do to punish ourselves because, you know, like, what's that thing? Sweat is just your fat crying. <clears throat> I've always hated that. What exercise is, is really, really good at making us feel fit and energised. It's re- it's, it can be really fun sometimes. Depends mm-hmm. on the exercise. But I, I don't want to punish my, like, I, I, so I had a moment the other day where I was I was talking to Michael because uh, Michael had lost a large amount of weight. Michael has regained a, bit of, a little bit of weight. Um, mm-hmm. And I haven't. I've sort of been the same for probably the last three years. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yeah, and so, um, you know, we were having this conversation, and I said to him, because we were looking at ways to change our diet, and then we had a moment where both of us forgot that we had changed our diet, and both of us had done something that was against the the meal plan that we had done up. And I said to yeah. him, look, realistically, if neither of us changes the size that we currently are. Is that really going to impact on how we feel about ourselves or how we feel about each other? Because I think he's sexy as hell, regardless of what size he is. And I want to think that he feels 
the same way about me, regardless of what size I am. And so, yeah, I just, I'm sort of at that stage where I never thought I would get there, but I just feel like everyone's going to judge. What if I, everyone's going to judge and I'm okay. I'm okay. They can think what they like. I'm happy. And if so, so no, 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 no. <laughs> so, I mean, here's the thing. And you saw me rub my hands together when you started talking about this. Um, how people, where people find their value, you, you hit on it. Mm. If you're using that stuff outside of yourself, um, as the value you have with yourself, you're never going to be happy. You and I are talking about living yeah. the life that we want and what that really comes down to. And this again, my, <laughs> I just want people, I want people to look at, at, who they are. I want them to look at the life that they've that, that they've been through to this point. And I want you to be able to accept the past for what it is. The past has gotten you to where you are right now and take ownership of their life and, and build it the way that, that they want. Um, you know, people will say like, oh, I live life with no regrets because, um, you know, if I didn't go through the experiences I had, I wouldn't be the person that I am today. And that is true. But I also think part of that is yeah. if you, if you live a life where you have no regrets, you live a very boring life. <laughs> like, I think we all ought to be able to look back life. and be like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you shouldn't eh, eh, regret that. Um, we start, but, we start at small, one ice cream too much, one glass of wine too much like this regrets along the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. There's, there's, there's a life full of regrets, but you know, also, um, you know, it, it, it comes down to, and, and I, I get the same thing. I, I love it. Like, I love when I get the looks of pity from people in public, like my God, I wouldn't want his body. And you know what, honestly on the pain scale, yeah, you probably wouldn't. I'm in chronic pain all the time, but mm -hmm. I don't get to be I'm not who I am with the platform I have. I have getting the message out the way that I am, with without having cerebral palsy. I, I'm not like it is. It doesn't define me as who I am. I've I've looked at the world and said, okay, if I go out and I try to play the game that everybody else plays, where I go and I try to go up the corporate ladder and work at these. It, it's it's interesting when I go for a job and I'm 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 in a interview for an in-person role and i feel like my iq has just gone down dozens of points because somebody now sees me in person whereas before we were talking on the phone or we were talking on the screen and and i know i mean you you laugh because i i know i mean people do the same thing with 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 uh with body they'll look at with your me. body and they'll be like oh you know they, they make all these assumptions right so you know, but but the interesting thing is, is once you're able to look at your like, look at who you are physically and say, yeah, this is the, like this. This is me. When you when you really remember that all of the images you see online or in magazines, you know, when we were growing up, we just had to deal with the magazines. We didn't realize how much editing was going on. But, you know, or what the the crazy restrictive diets that people were on trying to to look a certain way. Um, oh yeah. Been you know, but, but it, it really, I mean, we just, you have to get to the point where you realize all that stuff that you see 
is curated and not real and you are living your actual life and you have to be comfortable with who you are and that comes from in your own skin you mentioned the um you know the the kind of the i guess the 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 almost daily interaction friendships because you're involved with a lot of of parents now and you know parenting it's the most important it's one of the most important roles that you'll ever have but it's not your identity, but it's so easy to make it your identity because so many people do. So many people like to take one commonality and make it their entire identity. And we see this in all areas of life, but people really do it when, when it comes to parent, you know, parenting's a, a big one because, you know, that's your identity. Well, what happens when that child becomes an adult, when they have to figure out who they are and then these parents are are left struggling with the fact that yes i love my child i want them to go out and do their thing but at the same time my identity has always has been wrapped up in this person you know this person for however many years you know 15 18 years whatever and you know it's it's tough because then people get to um they, they get to that point in their life and they don't know who they are and then it's a cascading effect because what other external things have they put their their um, their their identity to? And and appearance is a big one. And it's it's oh, yeah. it is the it's it's the 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 body composition, but it's also it's this whole thing of wanting to hold on to to um, this younger appearance. And then it's it's kind of an interesting thing because you can. I, and and I think I mean people should be able to do whatever they whatever you choose to do with your body. If you're doing um, if if you're doing cosmetic injections, if you're doing cosmetic surgery, that's fine. But underneath that, you cannot be thinking that this is going to be the fix that makes me finally love who I am. And I think there are so many people that start doing um, this type of stuff in hopes that the next thing is going to make them happy. And, you know, yeah. you and I, again, we, we came from the, um, the, the Instagram space where people were altering their bodies through first through workouts and, and, and weight loss surgery. And then after that, they're doing, um, you know, different types of surgeries. And again, you don't have to justify why you choose to do something to anyone, but you do have to be honest with yourself as to why you do it. And I think there's a number of people that have gone through things hoping that this change was going to do it. And they're just going throughout their entire life, hoping to find the magic external pill that makes them like themselves. And they're never going to find it, sadly. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say never going to find it. I have hope that everybody will. I mean, if we put things into perspective, <clears throat> I am currently sitting here, for, the, for those of you listening at home, I'm currently sitting here wearing a short sleeve dress because we, you know, we're in the middle of spring. I have long been conscious of my answer. I was never conscious of them before I lost weight. But when I lost weight, mm-hmm. that's where all my loose skin went to my arms. I'm just going to give Daryl an example. Yeah. There you go. I, I have long hidden them and somewhere in the last year I just went why am I who cares about my arms like if anybody is honestly looking at my arms and caring about what my arms look like and it's not for a medical reason like maybe I had an infection and they're a doctor 
Yeah. What what is, what is missing there for them that their that their priorities on me and my appearance? I I yeah I I I think it can be very confronting. I I, I did smile when you were talking about your appearance and and people meeting you face to face. The one oh, thing yeah. that I really love about COVID is that uh, job interviews were always done over Zoom. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes away, you know, you look at my face, my face is round, but you don't have an indication really of my body size when you're seeing mm-hmm. me from here up. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And and I love that because it took prejudice mm-hmm. out of it because people do have preconceived notions. But mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. I think we're always going to have things about ourselves that we notice that other people don't notice. You know, I had, I had Bell's palsy when I was, 27 mm-hmm. one eyebrow it's higher than the other right you were talking before and i was doing that really vain thing where i was staring at myself and the camera because we all do it we all like to pretend that we don't and yeah. i'm gonna take a maybe if i got botox they would look the same but here's the thing ladies and you don't want to hear it botox makes you look older because older women famously have always gotten plastic surgery or cosmetic procedures. So if you're in your 20s and you think that you're doing it preventatively, it's making you look like you're in your late 30s. And I don't say that to be mean because there is nothing wrong with being in your late 30s. Just being realistic. And I kind of like that I am in my 40s and people still think I'm in, you know, mid midish 30s. I, I worked with a lot of ladies in their 60s. I worked with a lot of ladies in their 60s at my last job, and they all seemed to think that I was, you know, 30, 31. And what that made me think is that their prescriptions are not strong enough for their glasses. I'd be happy with 35. If you want to think I'm 37, I'm good with that too. <laughs> like, but yeah. it, it's, you know, it's... I don't have time and I'm not allowing space for what other people think of me anymore. Yeah. Just so I'm not allowing space. There's no space in my life for that. Yeah. Well, and I'm glad that you have gotten to that point. And I'm sure, I mean, it's even when you decide the value comes from within that external, like it seeps in because at times, because you, you know, you, you've gone through so many stages of your life where um, other people's opinions did matter. So you catch yourself. So it's not like you just decide, okay, I don't care what other people think about me. And then that's it. It's, it's a thing that you continue to work on uh, and you continue to deal with, I think, as you go through life. Um, and I, I smile. When you mentioned when you mentioned Botox, I mean you're you're right. Like <laughs> there has always been a cliche of the people that get plastic yes. surgery, men and women, by the way. And um, you know, you that's why when you're doing this stuff, if you do it because you're like, hey, I, I do this and like I wanna um, you know, and, and I know people that have had um uh, have done the thing, I, I guess they it's not just skin removal, but like they, they sculpt the arms, right? Like they, there's, there's surgeries for this and people do it and they make the decision to do it. Um, 
and that's I've fine. I've thought about it in the past. Yeah. I, I mean, in, mm-hmm. in the way it's like, if people, if you want to change your body, change your body, but do it because you're like, Hey, you know what? Like, I don't like the way this looks. I'm going to do it. The thing I don't like to see is where people again are chasing something in hopes of it making them happy. Now, I feel like when I said that before, you said in most cases that true, that's true. But I feel like you're saying there are some instances where somebody does get surgery or does some kind of procedure or get some type of injection and it really does make them feel genuinely fulfilled and happy. Was is that is that something that you were Yeah. You were, yeah, I, I think you do yeah. see that occasionally where um seem to I, I get on weird TikTok um like FYP sometimes and there's been a lot of girls that are missing chins on my FYP and they've been getting like plastic surgery and stuff because it helps them with their jaw and they're opening their mouth yes. and stuff like that. And these are girls that yeah want to have a have a I, I guess a, a use it and, uh, and, you know, I'm rolling my eyes as I'm saying, in an average jaw, you know, girls that have had extenuatingly long noses that haven't been able to breathe well through them, these are, the, these are people that aren't getting plastic surgery purely because they think it will make them happy with their appearance. And I think that's part of it. Like, I think that's got to be part of the process, right? You know, I, I told you that I had previously looked into the idea of getting skin removed on my arms. Um, I've realised that I wasn't doing it for medical reasons. I was doing it purely because I thought that it would make me more likely to wear short dresses and be happy with my arms. But I also know me, and I know the minute that I did that, I would find something else to, you know, focus on. on so I, I like that we're... Well, and, and I like that because, see, what, what you're finding out here is there are so many layers to all of this when you talk about it. And I think, again, if you decide, like, if you want to do something, you're like, yeah, I want to do this because I, it's, I'm going <laughs> to, it's going to make me like the way I, I look, um, do it. It's just the nuanced thing of like what you're saying. I just don't like to see people then say, okay, I've done this. What's next? What's next? What's next? And they keep mm-hmm. doing it. You just have to be honest with yourself as to why you're doing that. And if you know why you're doing it mm. and then you decide to still do it, then I, I, I mean, I think that's, again, like that's part of you living the life that you want. You know, if you decide that mm. you're going to, um, if you decide you want to look a certain way or you want to continue to have, have plastic surgery or continue to have plastic surgery. And again, you're like, this is my life and this is how I want to live. Then nobody's opinion matters. It's just as long as underneath that, you're not trying to convince yourself that this is what you want to do, I think. Um, I think I think awareness, it's yeah, like all things. I, I feel like every time we talk about, what's that? It's not a quick fix? That it's not a quick fix. No. No. I mean, it's, it. you know, it, it's really, when we start getting into like how people view themselves and view their bodies, I mean, it's it's such a you can't make a blanket statement because everybody's relationship with themselves is different. And yeah, we were, we were all taught different things and picked up different things as far as, as how important uh, body image is. And, and, you know, um, so there's a lot to it. Now, one thing that I wanted to touch on, and this was from our, uh, 
our, our one of our fans of the show, which, by the way, I don't know how many messages you got this week. I got quite a few fans of the show messages that are glad that we're back and doing these, I which I thought was super cool. Um, it made but, me happy. Uh, it really, it made me happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, but Nick, who one shared me showed a video shared a video with me of a snake skin down by him, and he's like, "Yeah, this snake's probably about twelve feet long." Uh -huh. See, I wasn't, I wasn't kidding. I wasn't kidding when all that stuff oh, yeah. was out there. Oh yeah. I don't have stuff now. I don't have stuff yeah, like that, that anymore. Crazy. He he can he can deal he can deal with any and all that. <laughs> and he He's was all about the Starbucks. Every time he goes to Starbucks, yeah, I'm just like oh. that's that's good. That's good. No, and he shared his Starbucks. <laughs> He, he shared his Starbucks order. And for you guys, when we do the question of the week, um, if you're listening on Spotify, there's a, there's a actually a place to answer the question on there. Um, so he, he shared his there. But actually, um, I had put something out this week about imposter syndrome. And I think what this ties back to, and you, it, it ties into like faking it until you make it. And it's interesting, whenever we have things that we want to do, um, whether it's, and for him, the example was photography. Something I think about is when people want to start a business, pick up a skill, wh whatever it is people are wanting to do. If you're in the fitness community, it's like, what does it take for you to consider yourself an active person? Which was, I put that as a question on my story on Instagram. I got some interesting results. Um, but it's this whole notion that if we're going to do something, and you can probably speak to this back, you know, with um, with, with all the things that you do. Um, do you, it's just deciding that you're like taking the action on something and deciding that you are that type of person. Because I know there's people like when it comes to starting a business, well, maybe one day I'll be good enough to where people are going to pay me for this. And that's true. When you start out, you don't necessarily have the experience as to where people are going to pay you right away. But you're in the process of working towards that, whatever it is that you're doing. If you're picking up something like photography, which is a creative pursuit, it's just having, I think it's, you have your camera, you start shooting, you start working on editing, whatever it is that you're doing, but you are a photographer. And what he brought up, and I think so many people fall into this, is there is this, there's, there's this, this level that we have to get to before we can consider ourselves anything. And if there's something that I've learned from um, starting my own stuff is you have to believe in yourself from day one. This is going to be very cliche. Um, otherwise, no one is going to. So when I do something, one, if I create something, I think it has value. That's the number one thing. Whatever I'm, I'm putting out in the world, I think has value to it. And when I talk to somebody else about it, I don't overinflate it, but I'm telling you, like, I'm not like, well, I think this is going to be good. I hope this goes somewhere. No, I'm telling you what this is. And I'm telling you how great, you know, what I think of it, because if I don't believe in myself, nobody else is going to believe in whatever it is I'm doing. And I think when we start doing stuff, it's not about getting to a certain level. I think it's just starting on day one. You're already a photographer. Like, because I think if you get into this, fake it until you make it. You keep in your head faking it and you never actually make it. And the question I brought up to Nick was, if you have this level or this standard that you think you have to hit, 
Well, if everybody's trying to hit that standard, especially in something that's a creative pursuit like photography, it takes some of the individualization out of it. Then everybody's mm. trying to do the same thing. And it's almost like a race to the bottom, I think. I think that you can't fake confidence. Mm -hmm. I think you can fake bravado. And I think sometimes you need to fake bravado to get moving. Mm -hmm. But if you don't yes. have the confidence in yourself to back that up, it becomes stagnant. I have always been the person that nobody ever thought of as shy, right? I can talk to anybody about anything. I can walk into a room full of people and have a conversation. I am that person when they talk on murder podcasts about she lights up a room. That's me. That's me. I have that energy. It's not who I totally am as a person, but I have yeah. bravado, right? I also have social anxiety, right. which people don't usually realize is that for the 10 minutes before I walk into the room, I'm having a panic attack in mm -hmm. the car, talking myself into walking into the room going, wow, you're amazing. I also have a really good memory, which means I remember people's names. It just makes yeah. group things better. I I think, I, I mean, I do really like that concept of, you know, if you feel like you're a photographer, you're a photographer. I I think imposter syndrome um, uh, for me has always been quite prevalent. I, I remember hearing, uh, I don't even remember who it was. I remember hearing something being said that men apply for jobs they're not qualified for, that women wouldn't contemplate applying for because we have this imposter syndrome that we don't have the qualifications, therefore we shouldn't apply for the job. Whereas the man reads the job and goes, I could do that. And applies for it regardless of whether they're qualified to do it and and i sort of i started looking at, at the job market last week and i'm not I, i'm not really looking i'm just sort of no. scoping no and um and because my resume is in the system there are all these jobs that are coming up that, are, that they're saying look you you'd be a very strong candidate for this job mm -hmm. and some mm -hmm. of those jobs i was like no really and then I went and read it and, and I decided to read it from the perspective of don't look whether or not I'm qualified to do this job, look at it whether or not I could do this job. And I went, I can do this job. This system is obviously a man who's telling me, go for it. Um, yeah, yeah I, think, I think you don't need to fake confidence, but you do need to fake bravado. The bravado that gets you to send the resume, the bravado that gets you through the interview, the confidence and the faith in yourself is what lets you do it successfully. But the bravado is what helps you take the first step. I think. But it's not. See. Yeah. I think in, in what you just said about the jobs, I think is a perfect example. You should believe that you, I mean, let's, let's be now. And, and I put this in my post, like you're, I'm not going to just decide that I'm going to be a surgeon. Right. I'm not going to decide that I'm an attorney and I'm going to start practicing law. There are some areas that you actually have to be qualified and reach a certain level before you do the work. But I think like. But sometimes that, that leads to you doing the degree that allows you to do it. Allows you to take the step. But what I'm it. saying, what I'm saying is in your field, you're qualified. Like you've got the skills, you've got the experience. Instead of. Yes. I, I think you could cut out the bravado and just have the confidence because I can tell you when you are someone that is sure of yourself 
and you have a conversation with somebody that is run. You can tell the difference when somebody's running on confidence and running on bravado. And I, I want to say with confidence, you still are going to have moments of insecurity. But you can tell when somebody yes. is trying to pump themselves up versus genuinely believing in themselves. And I think what I'm really trying to get with all of this is I want I just want people to believe in who they are. And again, there's the, the, the job markets are it is a test of how you believe in yourself. And I had so when I was after I'd been laid off, when I was applying to jobs, I had LinkedIn premium. I've got all my skills on here. I'm only applying to jobs that I'm in the top 10% of candidates. And I look at what I do and I, my, I work in marketing, but I've had the privilege of working for agencies, working, as I mentioned before, on the corporate side. And I've done a little bit of everything. Plus, I've got all this stuff where with, with your level of fitness, the thing that I've always liked about marketing is the channels are changing. It's not even just people are on TikTok now versus Instagram, but how are you using how are you using TikTok now that the captions are automatically generated on every video? So if you're somebody that would put the captions on before, you now have double captions that are probably overlapping. Do you know the nuance difference? Are you how are you using green screens? Like it's 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 a lot of the platform contextual stuff. And it's not just social media, it's like based off of what's going on with social media and algorithms. How is email marketing making a comeback? How are you using it as a differentiator? And what I found, and again, this was when I had LinkedIn premium. I'm, I'm applying to hundreds of jobs and then got considered for only two of them, I would say, where I went through the interview process, mm -hmm. went to the final round of each of these interviews. And this is like, so I left sales um, in 2015. And I started at the very bottom when it comes to marketing. And then over the last, what is that, eight years, I've built myself up to where I'm like interviewing for director level jobs. And then you get passed over. And then it's just like, you're applying to these jobs, you're getting rejected. You're going through these interview processes, you're getting rejected. And you, you, you start to doubt your qualifications but you have to pull yourself back up. And I had, and I, I think I, I've probably shared this on our podcast before, um, before I took the corporate job, the week before I took the corporate job that I got laid off from. So this was back in 2019. I interviewed with an agency um, for a job and they wanted us to do a PowerPoint presentation on a laptop and they wanted that ahead of time. And that was a waste of time. Cause again, I was doing a lot of different things back in 2018, 2019. I didn't have time for it. And they had given me a question. They wanted a presentation. Well, you know me. I just went in there. I had a couple notes on my phone and I started speaking. He's like, well, you didn't even send a deck. He's like, you don't even have a laptop. You're not even prepared. I was like, I run a business from my phone. Like, I don't need a laptop. I don't need a deck. And this guy then basted me for like 10 minutes on how I wasn't professional, how I wasn't prepared, how I wasn't as good as it, it, like, I wasn't good at what I did. And I left that meeting and I was like, am I full of shit? Like, am I really <laughs> as good as I think I am? And it's funny. Cause like a day or two later is when the job, that one job that I was telling you that I, that I worked at for a few years came about. 
in that interview process, I interviewed once, they called me back the next day, they offered me the job. And I told you about all the experience I had working with that company. So then when I had this yeah. thing of getting rejected from these other jobs, I thought back to that conversation that I was having with that, that, that guy that I was having after that guy basted me. And I just, it's like, I made it through that. Things worked out relatively quickly after that. Things will work out here too. But it's 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 going through your life. And if you if you go through it with actual confidence, you start to see where the opportunities are. You start to see where the cracks and because that's the thing about bravado. When somebody is faking it until they make it in their own head, you can see it, you can smell it. And there's a saying that I think is very true, which is you know, somebody that's, if, if you're not rooted in substance, you can fool the vast majority of people because they aren't really confident in who they are, or what they're doing. But when you come across somebody that actually knows the stuff, you're in trouble because they see you for who you are. And ultimately, a lot of times, yeah. these are the people, especially when we're talking about work, these are the people that you need on your side to do things. So that's why I'm like, I understand like bravado and even fake it till you make it to get started. I just, I think it's very easy to rely on that much longer than you have to, because honestly, like once you start doing stuff, you're ahead of most people. Cause a lot of people just have these theories and plans in their head and they just don't really ever oh, yeah. take much action. Yeah. They're the gunners. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then they do it. Then they don't do it. Um, mm -hmm. I have a question for you. Although I was sort of, yes. when I was listening to, to you just then, I was just thinking, Michael does this thing where he likes when I fire up about things because I'm, I'm quite amiable in person. Um, and and we go to these meetings. Um, I'm going to say that they're community mm -hmm. and somewhat politically minded meetings. Um, and I'll sit there and I'll not say anything a lot of the time. And every now and then I'll say something. And it's sort of that moment when everyone in the room sort of goes, because they didn't think that I was a serious <laughs> or an educated person or, a, no. you know, or in anything. But yeah, so something you were saying made me think that. But I have a question of the week. And mm -hmm. my question for you and for everybody that's listening at home, what's your theme song? What's a song that if you put it on, it gets you to a point where you don't have to fake rebut or you don't have to fake confidence. It's a song that really builds you up and makes you feel good. Um, I have one that's uh, actually, I have a playlist for when I'm driving to the gym in the morning. That's the first song that comes on and you'll know the song. Other, mm -hmm. I don't know how many, and Nick will know the song. Um, but I've always liked One Vision by Queen, which is off of the A Kind of Magic album, which came out in 1986. And just the, I, I like the all-inclusive, this is what we're working for. And the middle of the song has always just gotten, brought chills up my spine. So like, I, uh, <laughs> I used to, um, Back in my, I wanted to be Freddie Mercury days when I was like 10 uh, and I would do all the performances so and stuff. Or... I still, yeah. I mean, I still look, you want to give me a little, uh, you want to give me a little leather, cool, leather cool, cap. Cool, and... 
no, no. I mean, I, I listen. I, I would, I would stand up and AO with the best of them anytime that I could. If, you know, if, if I could do it right now, and they did that at the Pink concert too, which I thought was exciting. The DJ that was on ahead did. Um, but no, that that would be that's my one vision by Queen. That's my hype song. I like that song. What's your? That's a good choice. That's it. Oh, see, now I can't pick a Queen song. All the fat bottom girls always does get me like really pumped. And another one bites the dust does that for me too. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with "I Lived" by One Republic. Mm. It's that. Uh, yeah. It's something that just really uh, feeds my soul. I think. You know. Owned everything. Yeah, good choice. But yes, we would like to know yours. And I'm desperately trying to keep us under an hour, but I think we've gone 30 seconds over. We are right at an hour. Leah, look at you. (laughs) And I, I, when you said you had a question, I looked at the timer. I'm like, she's trying to keep us under an hour. Um, But yeah, definitely, guys. Um, You know, I'll post it in the, that, that whole thing with posting the question on Spotify really worked really well worked well so we'll do that um oh, post it on instagram too why not yeah so um but definitely um appreciate the support appreciate the encouragement um definitely and you and i i mean it's good for us just to get back and have our weekly catch-ups and the fact that people enjoy watching it and listen listening to it um actually they can they can uh, um yeah so anyway the fact that you guys listen is is a huge bonus for us we love it we appreciate the support we appreciate the encouragement we want to know your theme song and uh until until next week i'll uh we'll, we'll talk then take care my friend